other things look like. So attempts to rationalize and negotiate. That's where it might feel like you're having more voices than just two because the the IGS is super rigid. Like it is going to continue to say the same things. You're worthy, you're capable, you're whole, you can do whatever you want. You're a powerful creator. It's going to keep telling you all these things and it's just super rigid. But the ego is a shapeshifter and it will, rationalization is the ability basically to negotiate and to come up with different stories. So like it'll hit it maybe like if we're just talking about if you were to visualize like the ego being this straight solid line and then like the, uh, or the IGS being the straight solid line. And then the ego comes at the bottom of the line and says, Hey, you probably shouldn't do that because you remember the last time. And then the IGS is like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're stupid. And then it comes back up and it goes to the middle of the line. It was like, Hey, you know, you probably really shouldn't do this because if you do this, you'll probably lose a friend. Right. And then the IGS is like, that's still stupid. Like, please stop. And then like, it comes back on a higher line and it's like, Hey, you know, this is really something that if you try and do it, it's only going to make you feel worse about yourself. Right. So it's like all these different, these different messages, but it's coming from the same source. So that's why it can seem like, man, there's so many voices in my head. No, there's one voice that's saying the same thing. And there's the other voice that's saying the same thing in 20 different ways to try and convince you to not follow the IGS. Yeah. And I, I'm curious how this works for you. Cause you and I have talked about how we kind of come at things differently. So for me, here's what I've started to recognize. My logic, that is my ego's favorite fucking thing to latch onto. Mm -hmm. I can rationalize almost anything. And so it took me a long time. I mean, until this month, I would say, to get very clear on if I want a through line to my IGS, I need to step away from the logic and sit in my feelings and feel my feelings because those for me are deeply connected to my IGS. I don't know that that's true for everyone. I'm just an intensely feeling person. And like Mm -hmm. I've said this, like feelings are my native language. That's how I experience the world first. And then all my senses catch up to try to make sense of things. So once I figured that out, now I know, okay, if I'm hearing logic and I'm also feeling contracted and I'm feeling like sluggish and slow and just overwhelmed and like eh, itchy, Mm -hmm. that's how I describe it, itchy, because there's a lot of just shit going on. (laughs) Um, I, I try to pop out of rationalizing and being logical because I recognize my ego is going to jump on that train. I need to get to the IGS first and then use my logic as a way to deploy what my IGS is telling me, Yes, not as a way to make my decisions. Yeah, But I do feel there's probably people who are emotionally irrational and explosive and that's not the way to go for them, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be, I mean, we talk about balance all the time, right? So, I mean, there's a balance to it. I mean, the ego can attach itself to both ways, but yes, it is, it is totally logical and it enjoys logic because logic involves a lot of words and it wants to create as many stories as it can um, and, and really latch itself onto that. But again, that's how it's totally logical, but clearly insane because it keeps trying to convince something that is just trying to empower you, right? And love you and love others. Like that's what it's trying to convince you to do. And this, the ego is trying, or the, the IGS is that's what it's telling you to do while the ego is trying to convince you otherwise. And then the convincing, and if you ever think about trying to convince somebody to believe you, most of the time when you're trying to convince somebody to believe you, it's because you're fucking lying. (laughs) So you're lying, but you're trying to convince them to believe you. And you'll just, you'll, you'll expand your, how you're viewing the whole thing. You'll bring in past stories. You'll bring in uh, future scenarios. You'll bring in something that happened yesterday. You'll bring in something that's presently happening for you. You'll say whatever you can to try and convince this person right? That you're telling the truth or, or, or of your way of looking at it. Right. And then inside of that space, that person is just being the IGS. And if we're just talking about lying and they're saying, nah, you're lying to me. Right. So that's just the IGS. Like, no, nah, I know you're lying to me. Like you can keep saying all these things. I know you're lying and you'll just keep on trying to prove it. Otherwise I've been in that situation plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. 
So going down uh, the list just a little bit more. So intensifies pride when facing challenges. So the difference between the courage of the IGS and the pride is that pride is contracting. So when a challenge hits, you'll say things to yourself like, I can get this, I can get through this alone, right? I don't need anybody else. Um, let me isolate myself in a room, right? While I think about how I'm going to get through this. Um, and you're limited, right? In, in your own understanding. And you're also, by doing that, empowering your ego to start telling you stories, and rationalize different things to try and come up with a different, typically a different outcome that avoids the emotional intensity that is pain. Um, so this is how this works. So like the pride makes it so that you don't move forward when you have courage. On the other hand, you have the courage to reach out and be vulnerable with people. You have the courage to open your mind up to books and resources and all these different things and therapists, right? There's a big hard line around therapists as well, or coaches, you know, that could really help you get through what you're trying to get through, but you'll just keep leaning on your pride. And then ultimately you'll just keep experiencing the same challenge over and over again until you open your mind up to the resources that you don't have that actually help you get through the challenge. Challenge. This is very, very real and important. Zach will literally have people get on calls about coaching with him. They will admit their problem up front. And by the <laughs> end of the call, they're like, oh, I can do this on my own after 20 years of failing constantly on yeah. their own. This is, I personally believe that this is probably most likely what, what stops most people from moving forward is yeah. this, this pride for no reason. Like, what are you proud of? Your fear of fear of being seen incapable and inadequate, right? So just stay incapable and inade inadequate instead. Yeah. Or, or act like you are capable by telling stories, how you've gotten over it, right. When you really haven't gotten over it. Like that's the most common thing Ah, uh, yes. is that, you know, you lie somebody, to yourself. yeah, again, ego mm -hmm. telling you stories. So like, I'm going to go and I'm going to Let's just under this scenario, I got a problem to figure out. Okay, I'm going to isolate myself for the rest of the night and I'm going to sit down with my thoughts and I'm going to think this through, right? And then you get done with it and the next day you're like, oh, I'm all good. Um, and then, you know, two months later, yeah, you know, it's popping back up or maybe even faster for you, right? And then you do the same thing and the same thing. We're like, I guess I didn't figure it out last time. I'm going to figure out this time. Like, it's just this constant thing. Um, and, and people don't, it's very hard to ask for help for a lot of people. Oh. It's been hard for me to ask for help. Yeah, it's been hard for me to ask for help. I, I, not so much anymore, but like in a lot of what I was doing when I was doing it by myself. But even then, I like when I went through my divorce and I was getting over porn addiction, like I went and saw a sex therapist. I went and saw an anxiety therapist. I was constantly listening to podcasts. I was constantly listening to books. Um, so it was hard for me prior to that time. And then just by releasing this fear of judgment, right, of not being worthy or capable of doing what I wanted to do. Um, that's what the, the okay, I use the word antithesis, the antithesis happened where I was like, okay, well, what's available to me, right? I asked that my question, what, what can I actually use here? And then that question alone opened up like all these different resources that I could, that I could use. Right. And, and pride is what prevented me from doing that. And courage is what allowed me to do that. Yeah. I think that's a great example. And it's actually making me think of, um, even when you do have a breakthrough, your ego's not going to give up. It's not going to go, oh, will you win this one, guys? Yeah. Like, it's going to go, all right, you won this battle. What's next? Let me put on another mask, right? Mm -hmm. um, and even when we're just talking about like nervous system healing, your nervous system, I mean, your whole body, all of Mother Nature thrives on homeostasis, right? It's always trying to find a set point to keep things equivalent at. Mm -hmm. um, so when you get used to living your life in a certain way and you're living it in trauma response and you're living it in drama and you're living it in stress and you're living it in upheaval, Moving to something more peaceful, 
higher consciousness level, more spacious, slower, less rush, less intensity is actually extremely stressful <laughs> for yes, your body. It's like, yes, this sure. is not normal. What are you doing over here? And I'm actually having an experience right now um, of inner conflict coming up to ask me, are you sure you want to be in this new spacious, free feeling space? Because um, it's lacking the intensity we really like. And how do you know you're actually doing work right now? And like all these things. And I, I, I've caught myself multiple times with my partner in my mind, my ego trying to get me to start shit. Yeah. And it's been on the brink of, I almost did. And then I was like, oh my God, what are you doing, dude? Like you need to, I've had to take a lot more alone time now than when I was actually working through the trauma because this shit is like, it's real. It's very real and it's sneaky. And like that pride feeling, mm -hmm. it morphs. It turns into other things. Mine likes to show up a lot in a, a self-righteousness manner, but it's become less obvious. Like it's become less high horsey mm -hmm. and more like I'm being of service, but there's this like subtle way that it centers me. Mm -hmm. And so if I can catch that I'm at the center, then I can go, oh, I don't, this might not be accurate. I think I need to go into my apartment and be alone and just like really hear what I'm telling myself right now. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, that, I, I'm not making comments to like make this sound easy or not. It's just, I like to point out how ridiculous the thought patterns are and how ridiculous the behavior is. Because for me, if I can hear how, I'm just going to say it, fucking stupid my thought pattern is. It becomes a lot easier for me to detach from it because I'm like, wow, that is a loop going nowhere real fast. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what you're talking about is is also it's just kind of compounding what we were saying is that plenty of people say the right things, but doing the right things is completely different. Mm -hmm. Like um, I tell this to my clients all the time. It's like, you can tell me what you do, but you can show me what you do. Like that's what's going to tell me what you believe, right? Like you can tell me you believe one thing, but if you're doing all these other things throughout your day, then that's where your belief system sits. You're just not aware um, that you're subconscious, that this belief that you consciously believe has not been mapped to unify you, right? To be able to act in alignment of who you are and what you want to do. Um, but that's the biggest struggle for most people is that they can say all the right things and then they don't do all the right things. And then that's what creates the imposter syndrome, right? That's what really creates that feeling. A lot of coaches go through that, you know, I mean, especially like health coaches and stuff like that. I mean, you know, tell them to eat right and then you're not eating right. Um, but that's also the ego in this, in this scenario, that's the ego tricking you to believe that you'd have to be on a diet 100% of the time. Like you don't have to be. Um, but this happens all the time. And that's the biggest disconnect that people that the ego hides you from is because when you say these things to other people, like it's, it's empowering and like, it feels good and everything else. But it's like, then when you start doing the different things, then now the ego is like, cool. haha, Now I got you. Like now, how do you feel about yourself now? You just told this person to do this one thing. You're doing the exact opposite. So let's keep on coming back into my, my world and, uh, and getting you to feel like you're not worthy and, and can't do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, you saying that I actually, I have a friend who the way that they perceive themselves and see themselves, I think is in alignment with their IGS. And there's this disconnect between that and how they're actually showing up. Mm -hmm. And anytime how they're actually showing up gets mirrored back to them, their ego gets them to like get really small, completely distort the message, mm -hmm. perceive it as uncaring, harsh, all these things, right? Because it is the it's reflection. Direct, yeah. The, it's truth. <laughs> yes. Well, the, ref the reflection is at odds with their perception of themselves, uh -huh. right? And that's another thing that ego does. 
Yeah, you. Uh, what's that quote that you used? You can um, be honest with yourself as a way to hide from the truth. Yeah. That's that's what this person's living in. I actually, my uh, Gene Key SQ, so my spiritual quotient, which spiritual quotient is just like IQ, EQ, but for spirituality, um, the shadow of that is obscurity. And it's talking about all the ways that we obscure ourselves. We get lost in details. We get lost in inertia. We do all of these things to kind of obscure the reality of things. Mm-hmm. And that's that's this shadow, right? That, yep. That's this tell, being honest with yourself. So there is a level of honesty inside this person. And I, I see this in them. Like I can totally see it. They're spot on. It's all true. And then how they're actually showing up, the actual actions that they're taking, the actual results they're getting mm-hmm. are completely at odds with that. But because- they know who they are, quote unquote, <laughs> they're unwilling to see that their behavior and their word choices and the the choices they're making are not in alignment at all. And yeah. that's, that's the ego, like continuing to keep this person separate. And in fact, when I did offer this reflection and I was very honest because they're in the middle of a shit storm right now. And I thought, okay, now's the time to be direct. Nope. Completely rejected it. Like no, no, no desire to receive any of it. Um, and I'm just like, man, like you're just going to keep looping in this and looping in this and looping in this. And Mm -hmm. it's like, if you're not willing to see this ego, if you're not willing to actually allow and accept that you might be lying to yourself on a daily basis, that might actually be true. If you can't consider that and hold that as a possibility, how can you ever possibly see what it will morph into? Yeah, no, you can't. And and whoever this person is actually deeply knows it, right? Like that we talk about personal offense all the time. Like if you're going to get personally offended or you're going to reject something out of anger, it's because you already know it and just somebody else sees it. Um, and the ego is trying to, again, trick you to believe that they can't see that. Well, but- and, and you know, the thing, the thing that, you know, people say that I'm like, oh, you are so in your ego. I feel misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, that feeling sucks. And I always feel for people when they get there because I spent a lot of time sitting in that. And that's how I know. You're not misunderstood though. Yeah. Your ego is telling you that so you can separate yourself from this truth. Yep. Yep. So you yeah. can still feel misunderstood. Yes. Or somebody's because that understanding feels safe. you completely, but you don't want to accept that they understand you. Yeah. So, um, because um, of the shame, right? Yeah, exactly. Because of the inadequacy. Kind of that now we're going down into the, the reasons why the ego would trick you to believe that, you know, your shadows can't be seen. I always tell people, it's like, if, you, if you're really aware and you want to know where your shadows are, just pay attention to what you project on other people. Like, that's you. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll know exactly what it is. You have to be willing to see your projections. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's almost impossible to see your projections without like being willing to yeah, see your ego. Exactly. Which so. means being willing to see parts of you that are not so pretty. Yeah. Um, it, a quote that uh, Richard Rudd, the Gene Keys guy, said that really changed things for me is fear is safe. Yeah. Think about that. Sit with that. Fear is safe. And also, fear is not worthy of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not, but you're giving it a lot of time and attention. Yep. So yep. it's going to stick around because, mm, mama, that feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a difficult thing. Like I said, we're talking about something that I'm sure a lot of you are listening to and and feel like you might have been in that situation or maybe you're having the same sort of rejecting feeling. Since we're not across from you, we're just asking you that if you feel some sort of resistance or rejecting to what's being said, to dive into the truth of the experience uh, because you'll continue to live in that same way. And we talked about hopelessness, and I think that's – one of the main thing that really, really drives hopelessness is having an awakening. Like, and I, they're called, uh, Adi Ashanti calls them non-abiding awakenings, right? So like this momentary awakening of like, oh, okay, everything that I'm doing is causing me all sorts of pain and suffering and everything else. So like, I want to do something different. 
and then go right back into doing all the things that are causing you pain and suffering. And then this hopeless feeling comes up where it's like, well, I, I don't feel like I can change. And then once you don't feel like you have the power to change, then that's when you can really start to dive into this hopelessness because you've gotten a taste of what it would like to be uh, more aligned and like more who you want to be. But then these old subconscious pattern behaviors that you don't understand how to remap drag you right back down into who you were. And then you, then you start to say things like, you know, I'm never going to change. Or if you're trying to lose weight, I can't ever lose weight no matter what I do. Like all these type of, um, phrases that are divisive, they're separative, right? Once we start using never, can't, all those type of things, like that's all coming from the ego too, because it's creating a separation distinctly between what could be done and what can't be, or it can and can't be done. But really it's not a can or can't, it's could, right? Or should, like you could do these things, like, and you should do these things, but it's not that you can't. Um, And it just creates a very hard line to get over. Uh, so just uh, briefly as well, when we talk about intensified pride, when facing life challenges, a lot of people lean on their pride and they're like, well, I want to be prideful. Like it's not, but there's a difference between like pride and proud. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, that's what, different. that's what the ego will, will, uh, distort proud is like, I've done something and now I can be proud of myself or you can be proud of yourself because you just are yourself. Right. And you can just feel proud of who you are. But pride, pride is like the, is, is the beginning. It's the thing that limits you from feeling proud. Yeah, I would say feel proud is a feeling. Pride is a mindset. It's a it's a yeah. perspective you look at the world from, and it's a it's a self centering perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling proud is great, and I'm I hope you are doing things you feel proud of. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, looking at the last one again, it's empowered by frustration and anger. That's what you really have to know inside of you is that the moment you find yourself in inner conflict, and the moment you get frustrated about it is the moment the ego says, ah, cool. Awesome. Like now let's talk about this frustration and create a whole bunch of stories around your frustration and and blame it on it, 700 other people it, that are not you. Yep. 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 And then the yeah, blame works right in this way. Right. And then also, also bring in your past experiences about how you couldn't do it before. Like, let's get more frustrated about that. Like now let's start getting angry because all these, so just know that like when you start to get angry with yourself and frustrated with yourself or it, adversely with other people, like you're just feeding this beast. <laughs> it is just gobbling it all up and enjoying every minute of it uh, because it knows that these emotions are what's keeping you in the lower level frequencies, which is where that ego is hanging out. Yeah. And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with feeling those things. What we're talking about is attachment to those things, getting frustrated and then staying there. And I think for a lot of people, especially if you've been in a low frequency for some time, feeling frustration and anger can actually feel like relief because anger is actually a little bit higher on that consciousness level scale than, you know, shame or guilt is. So if you spend a lot of time in shame or and guilt or, or desire, even getting into anger can actually feel quite, quite nice. It can mm-hmm. feel fueling. You can feel energized, yep. but staying attached to that. I, I think anger is a great way to catapult yourself into courage. <laughs> like go from anger right into courage, right? Like be, use that anger to feel yourself, to take take action on something you've been scared to do, but your IGS knows you need to do, but it's when you stay there and you use it to justify feeling that way and you use it to justify your space, you attach to it. Mm -hmm. That's where the ego goes, oh, okay, great. I'm going to hop in this car. You know what? Why don't you get over in the passenger seat? You're really angry. You just vent over there. Give me the keys. All right, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally how I picture it. That's a great visual as well. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, giving you a wrap up for this episode. And, you know, we've really started to break down these two inner voices. And just by having this, like, you know, this power right here of understanding this is something that you can bring and start practicing now. 
um, and just giving you a, a practice that you can take, you know, go back and listen to when we, when I started talking about the characteristics and write them down, like write them down super clear and make a column IGS ego, write down the characteristics and put this thing somewhere where you can see it. Like if it's your workspace, um, you know, if it's your mirror, if it's in your car, I don't really care. Like put it somewhere where you can see it so that you can have this reminder because a part of what happens with this cloud is, is that things, although they are real because there are experience, they aren't necessarily real to us until we can actually use our five senses to sense that they're real. Um, so I can give you all this information. We can give you all this information and you can listen to it and have this momentary non-abiding awakening like, oh, okay, okay, I get it now. And then you go right back into what you're doing. You need something visual. Um, visual works really well. So if you can put this, I would just suggest at your workspace. And then when you start getting yourself in inner conflict, you can be like, okay, this voice is coming from this area and this voice is coming from this area. And I'm just going ahead and give you a, a preview to where I would, what's going to help you best is aligning to the IGS. It's like, okay, how can I align to the IGS and start to discredit these fear-based stories that I hear? You'll get out of the inner conflict faster and you'll start moving forward faster. Yeah. And what I would, um, what I suggest to my clients with all these things, it can feel really overwhelming. Like you're like, what do I do with all this? <laughs> First, always the smallest, simplest thing. You mm -hmm. do. Your ego is going to convolute and complicate it. Smallest, simplest thing you can think of. And step one is always just building awareness. So everything that Zach just told you is a way to build awareness. You are allowed to stay there. And guess what? Your IGS will tell you what to do with the awareness when you're ready to do something with it. You don't have to put much effort in. Yeah. It's really more about consistency and focus. It's really more about just committing to yourself. Okay. I'm going to become aware of these voices. And something that I also do um, is I have them once you can get clear and your ego is going to take on many voices. So feel free to name as many of them as you need to, um, but name the voice, give it an actual name because one that helps you when you, when it, when it pops up to go, Oh, that's Karen. Like I have a Karen in my head. <laughs> she is, she's the white supremacist inside me. Sorry for everyone named Karen. I don't think all Karens are terrible. It just, it's easy because colloquially it makes sense right now. Um, anyway, so like, when Karen pops up, I'll be like, Karen, you're being so entitled right now. And that's not who we're choosing to be. Thank you for your input, but no. Um, and that just makes it easier in that sense. And then on top of that, you'll start to be able to, because your brain thinks in those, those ways, it thinks of people and it thinks of their characteristics. Mm -hmm. It thinks in patterns, basically you'll be able to more quickly go, that sounds like my Karen voice. And this sounds like my Frank voice. And this sounds like my asshole grandmama voice. Like, you know, it just mm -hmm. becomes easier when you can start actually like picking these things out. And then on the flip side of that, it brings me great joy and laughter to talk to myself like this, to talk about myself like this. Um, it just kind of puts a little levity, especially if, you know, the voice in my head is not so beautiful and has um, influenced me to do things that I really am not proud of myself for. Mm -hmm. um, if I can just laugh and be like, oh, that was fucking Frank. God damn it. All right. All right. I got to go apologize for Frank's stupid behavior and you're getting punished later, sir. You know, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. just kind of joke with myself. So that's just step one is just building the awareness. And what he said is a really great way to do that. Yeah. And the, the voices that, uh, I named, I named them after Marvel characters. For oh, awesome. Yeah. So like the main one was, uh, my, my main ego is always Ultron. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah that's a great choice. Convince me to not like if, if I have a moment of like, Oh, you can meditate or you can keep working. I'm like, okay, Ultron, what's up, man? Yeah. I want to go meditate now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, it's just, you know, whatever works well for you inside of that. Um, but again, it's just another 
better strategy that Liv gave you of, of really, again, compartmentalizing the cloud. Like mm-hmm. what, who can, you can't speak to a cloud. You can speak to a person, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and cause that thing is going to talk back to you and you can have a conversation with it. And then now we're going to be pushing you towards what is the practice of self-compassion. Once we can start to dive into, which is what we're going to get into next week with the, we'll start with the two minds, the subconscious mind and the conscious mind really start to break those down because, you know, we talked a lot about like where hopelessness comes from. It's that not understanding that once you have this awakening, okay, how do I actually remap myself to alignment? And we'll talk about that with you uh, so that you can get a clear understanding of that and bring you to a space, right? Where self-compassion is, is achievable because you have a new appreciation of the ego um, of your own internal conflict and also of who you are authentically, all these things play. So With that being said, as always, you are the powerful creator of your experience. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Invincible Intelligence Podcast. We are so incredibly grateful that you joined us and we just want to send you all of our love and light along your own journey. Mm